there are a million things that you could do. And if you try and do a million things, you will make very small incremental progress against all of them, but not make very much overall progress. Therefore, whilst we'd like to do a million things, we have to focus on the three or four things maximum that are going to have most impact right now. Welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast with business strategist, speaker and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Welcome to episode 88 of the Business Mastermind podcast. Gavin here, Gavin Preston. Welcome and thank you so much for your time. Today is the second in my mini-series of episodes called Keep Your Boat Afloat, Business Survival Guide in COVID-19 Times. And I'm speaking to Jonathan Hemus. He is a crisis management specialist from a consultancy called Insignia. And we have a packed conversation in terms of packed with strategies that will work about how you need to set strategic intent, setting the main efforts and top priorities of your business, prioritizing those activities and what communication you need to be doing throughout this process. You will get a huge amount of value of really practical things that you can be getting on and doing with in order to be able to help you through these challenging times. So straight into my episode with Jonathan Hemus of Insignia Crisis Management. Hello and welcome to the Business Mastermind uh, podcast and another one of the special mini-series I'm running called Keep Your Boat Afloat, Business Survival Guide in COVID-19 Times. And today I've sat down with Jonathan Hemus. Jonathan is a specialist in crisis management, runs a consultancy called Insignia. Jonathan, welcome to uh, the mini-series Keep Your Boat Afloat, a part of the Business Mastermind podcast. Thank you very much, Gavin. Really pleased to be with you at this very important time. So you're a man that has the knowledge of the moment um, in in terms of crisis management, crisis tr- training, and of course, communications that sits around it. I, I, I know there's a lot of business owners out there. As the story unfolds week or even day by day, mm-hmm. um, their view, their sort of planning in their head, the parameters are changing and I know that you've got a process that people can apply to help them think through how they plan, how they lead, how they communicate through, you know, what is a crisis for many businesses? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our our passion at Insignia, at Insignia my personal passion is to help organisations avoid needless damage to their organisations and their stakeholders through a mishandled crisis. And this is undoubtedly the biggest crisis that the world has faced for decades. It's the biggest crisis that I've been involved in helping organizations manage over the 30 years of my career. So I know lots of the principles. I don't have the answer to uh, coronavirus, but I can give business owners advice as to what I have seen work very effectively in terms of frameworks and principles for crisis management. So, so before we just dive into that, do you want to share a little bit about your background yeah. and, and how you've come to be uh, running Insignia? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as I mentioned, really, the thing that has driven me to get involved in this area is that I hate 
to see good businesses damage themselves or indeed good businesses damage their stakeholders. So I have a real passion for helping businesses to do and say the right things on the worst days of business leaders' careers. And how I got to this point is through initially a career in corporate communication. I work both in-house and for consultancies, helping to build and sometimes protect reputations of uh, of organizations. And from that point, I then began to specialize in crisis communication. I was the uh, global head of crisis and issues for a consultancy called Porter Novelli. Um, and then 11 years ago, I set up Insignia, which uh, itself specializes in crisis management. And as I say, historically, we have helped leaders of businesses to deal with crises ranging from product contaminations to management fraud to cyber attacks to environmental incidents to industrial accidents. And whilst those crises themselves are different from what we're facing now, actually, the principles are the same, albeit, frankly, with even more at stake than many of the crises that I've helped organizations deal with before. So where... Should a business owner or a leadership team of a business start in terms? And I'm sure they've already done yes. some thinking, but if, but you know, if there was a a yeah. process that they could follow that they could just either start that work or ratify or double check yeah. their own uh, thinking to date against. What would that be? Okay, so what often happens in a crisis is because this is literally an extraordinary situation because you don't have enough information, because you're in a dynamic situation, because there's a lot at stake, because there's not enough time, because there's not enough resources, there is a danger to worst case panic, or even if not panic, start doing things without thinking about it. And even in this situation, thinking is really important. So the one thing that I see most organizations fail to do at the beginning of a crisis is to set strategic intent. Now, I'll explain what I mean by strategic intent, but I'd like to emphasize again, even in this situation, which is a monumental crisis, in fact, even more importantly in this situation, you must define and write down what your strategic intent is. Okay, so what is strategic intent? The simplest way of thinking about it is, where do I want us to be in six months or 12 months time? As we navigate through this uh, extraordinary challenge that we're facing, what do I want to be saying in six months time? How do I want people to be viewing us in six months time? So let me... Um, let me give you a couple of examples of real uh, strategic intents that organizations we're working with have set down. So here's, here's, here's one. To take operational steps to emerge from the current situation as quickly and strongly as possible, whilst remaining true to our values and without jeopardizing our long-term vision. So the organization, with our assistance, has defined what the end goal is. Now, why is that so important? It's important because unless you do that, if you have a management team in your head, you may all have slightly different perceptions of where you want to go to. So firstly, 
it is a unifying force for your management team. Secondly, and probably more importantly, I mentioned earlier that a crisis is a time when you don't have enough time, resources, and information, and when, you, when you're under intense pressure. By having a clear strategic intent, you can focus all decisions, actions, and priorities on that strategic intent. So, for example, if I look at the strategic intent that I quoted to take operational steps to emerge from the current situation as quickly and strongly as possible, whilst remaining true to our values and without jeopardizing our long-term vision, that will help to guide specific actions and decisions that need to be made. So sure. first thing I would say is set your strategic intent. Okay, great. And the time frame for that then, you said in the next six to 12 months. Yeah, I mean, it must be, it, strategic intent must be relatively long-term. Even forgetting this particular situation, I would be looking at a six-month time frame for a strategic intent. This is not what are we going to do this week. This is where do we want to get to when we emerge from this situation. You might want to make that in this situation, if we look at a worst-case scenario, you might want to think about strategic intent as a 12-month objective, but it is, it's the promised land. It's, it's where we are planning to end up at. Um, but kind of to your point on time scale, what I would also encourage organizations to create is what we call um, a definition of their main effort or their top priority. So the strategic intent will almost certainly remain fixed throughout the crisis. Your main effort or top priority will constantly change during the crisis because that is more of a short-term focus. What is the main effort or the top priority? It is where you want to focus your attention and resources right now in order to drive towards your strategic intent. Why is that important? Again, it's important because in a crisis, and certainly in this crisis, there are a million things that you could do. And if you try and do a million things, you will make very small incremental progress against all of them, but not make very much overall progress. Therefore, whilst we'd like to do a million things, we have to focus on the three or four things maximum that are going to have most impact right now. And again, if it's helpful, Gavin, I can give you a couple of examples of what sure. main effort might look yes, like. Yeah. So again, these will change during the, um, during the crisis. But let me give you a couple of examples. So right at the beginning of this process, we were working with one client whose top priority about a month ago was, our top priority right now is to ensure our crisis management capability, people and plans are ready to go and sustainable for up to three months. So in other right. words, what they were saying is a month ago, unless we get our crisis management infrastructure ready, geared to go and sustainable, i.e. with deputies available, we're not going to be able to do anything in a month's time because we won't have the people in place to be able to implement whatever we decide to implement. So a month ago, the most important main effort is getting the crisis management team in place and in a sustainable position. Looking at last week, 
the same client, the main effort was defined as our main effort right now is to ensure that office-based staff have the resources and support they need to work effectively from home. So there were a hundred other things they could do, but the most important thing we need to focus on right now is gearing up our workforce to be able to work from home. So don't feel bad about not being able to do everything. In a crisis, you never will. And in one that's going to um, uh, remove part of everybody's workforce, you certainly won't be able to do everything. Determine instead what is going to make the biggest difference now and focus resource in that direction. Great. Brilliant. So strategic, set your strategic um, intent. Yeah. Identify what's your main effort or top priority. What what comes next? So what comes next is then um, prioritization of activities within your main effort. So in other words, um, setting up people to work from, from home requires a number of actions in order for that to happen. And those actions uh, need to be assigned to individuals or other maybe outside resources to make them happen. So you move from main effort to a detailed action plan. Right. What, who, when, how. Okay. Right. So not the strategic content, but your main efforts and your prioritization will change. Yes. And your detailed plan will Correct. change over time. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, as a slight aside here, one of the really important things to do is to work purposefully as a team and to firstly be able to keep track of what is going on. So in other words, you need to be able to capture, log and share all of these various elements that we're talking about, whatever technology you're, you're using, because clearly this is largely going to be a virtual effort now, not people sat around a table but literally everybody needs to be on the same page. Again, with resources uh, extremely tight, you need to have everyone pointing in the same direction and focusing on the same goal. So having consistent information across that team, having a clear understanding of what the status is right now, having a very clear understanding of who is responsible for what and where are we on our action list, that's really crucial. And so I would... uh, strongly recommend that teams come together virtually on a regular basis to make sure that that is happening, that people are staying aligned, but also, and this is really crucial, to ensure that we are all managing today's crisis, not yesterday's crisis. And again, that is especially relevant in this situation where literally... It is changing hour by hour, minute by minute. And if we've got our heads down and we're not looking up and around, then we are going to be managing yesterday's crisis, not today's crisis. Yes. Can I just probe that a little bit? Because it really is such a fluid uh, situation at the moment. Yeah. Could that not, if if your prioritization, Mm -hmm. your main efforts, if your plans are always in flux, that could cause uh, frustration, confusion, even overwhelm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not everything will change. There, we, One would hope that half to three quarters of what was planned yesterday is still relevant today, but some of it won't be. And this is a situation whereby 
for those of us who are control freaks or perfectionists, we need to adapt a more nimble, flexible, adaptable mindset because otherwise you will sure. be wasting time devoting attention to a situation which is not the same as it was yesterday. More importantly, and I should have added this earlier, Gavin, it's not just about you know being adaptable today. A really powerful thing that you can do is get a couple of members of your team. We call them your creative pessimists um, and get them away from that main yeah. group to brainstorm where could this go to next, both from a kind of, you know, macro level, but for our organization, how could this get worse? What is the absolute worst case? So you actually get uh, soothsayers, you get, uh, you know, a couple of people scenario planning saying, what might happen next? You know, over the next week, how could this get worse for our business? And by doing that and by bringing that back to the team, rather than being reactive, which is the danger, as you pointed out, of kind of a day-by-day -day approach, you are already taking steps to either reduce the possibility of that worst-case scenario happening, because it may be something over which you have influence, or if you can't do that, putting in place strategies, measures, response mechanisms that are ready to go should that worst case occur, which means you won't be um, firefighting to the extent that you would be if you hadn't done that forward thinking. Great. So um, there's a, no doubt a prioritization process of those worst case scenarios that the creative pessimists come yeah, up with. Correct. And ranked by relative likelihood. Correct. Uh, and impact. And then an impact. Yeah. And then further action plans cascading off that. Okay. Correct. Get that. Great. Because that is the real world that we're living in right now. Absolutely it is. And um, you know, nobody is going to predict exactly what happens in this situation. But if you do think about your business and you know, hopefully you will have already identified where is the worst possible impact for our business. What bit of coronavirus is going to uh, most uh, most harm our organisation? Your forward scenario planning should probably follow along the same lines. You know, where is it that this could do most damage to us? Whether it's our reputation, whether it's our people, whether it's our customers. Where are we most vulnerable? And therefore, yes, to your to your point, you know, where should we be devoting most resource to minimizing the chance of that impact happening? Or if it does happen, what safety nets can we put in place to make the landing a little softer than it would otherwise have been? Just as a, a slight aside, um, what software tools uh, applications are you seeing being used uh, mm -hmm. other than obviously Zoom, which is uh, stock prices yes. shut up, but uh, to, to help businesses that and their teams that are not used to working remotely to communicate. So I mean, it's a whole yeah, a whole range of tools. And frankly, uh, as a consultancy, we work with whatever the client is is working with. But you know, we're seeing a lot of people successfully using Zoom. Zoom is very popular and seems to be very uh, effective. Uh, Go to meeting is another one that a number of uh, clients are using Microsoft Teams. Um, so there are a range of technologies for working together virtually. Again, organizations need to think about how they're going to share documents and information, both so that everybody can collaborate, but also so they're kept um, securely. But I think what I'd say is, I know a number of organizations are 
just getting used to working virtually, um, if you can possibly minimize the amount of new technology that you're using, you've got enough challenges without trying to get to grips with um, new ways of working at the same time. So you'll need to do a bit of that, but don't bite off more than you can chew. Okay, great. Hey, Gavin here. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this mini series within the Business Mastermind podcast entitled Keep Your Boat Afloat, Business Survival Guide in COVID-19 Times. If you're getting value from this, please do share it across your social media networks and to your business colleagues and acquaintances because I've gone out and got a number of guests lined up that will really help, such as the MD of the British Business Bank, a business disaster planning specialist, people around marketing and around mindset at this crucial time, including an Olympic athlete. So there's some really fantastic and really high caliber content coming your way designed to help and support you through these challenging times. I've also put together a PDF entitled the same, Keep Your Boat Afloat, a business survival guide during COVID-19 times. You can get that free at bit.ly, keep your boat afloat. So you go to this link, bit, or this URL, sorry, bit.ly forward slash keep your boat afloat, all lowercase, all one word, bit.ly forward slash keep your boat afloat. I cover eight areas around employees, cash strategies, the supply to your business, suppliers, your customers, pivot and adapt, your marketing, your mindset, and your community. You'll get a lot of value from that as well in support of, in addition to what you'll find listening to this mini-series, Keep Your Boat Afloat. So that URL again, bit.ly forward slash keep your boat afloat. And most of all, take care and look after those closest to you. So we've done, we've set our strategic intent. Yeah. Uh, we've identified our main effort and prioritized that, um, those activities. Where next? Okay. So I think a really key area that we should look at is communication. And perhaps even more broadly, I would describe it um, somewhat grandly as kind of stakeholder engagement. If I simplify that right down, um, the people with whom you normally work, uh, are going to remember how you behaved um, at this time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you can define um, how they remember you by what you do now. And therefore, you have options. Um, so I would suggest that a high priority for any organization is maintaining the trust of their stakeholders and ideally, deepening the strength of the relationships that you have with your key stakeholders. Um, How do you do that? Some simple principles to kind of start you off going in the right direction. Then perhaps I'll come down to some uh, kind of structures uh, for planning. Um, Listen, listen to them, hear their, hear their concerns, hear their, hear their pain, empathize now. As business owners, your listeners are all facing probably the biggest challenge of their entire business careers. And they are personally very, very worried and anxious. It's very tempting, therefore, in your communication to project your own worries and concerns and fears onto your stakeholders. Now, sadly, There is a lot of empathy generally, but if you start talking to your stakeholders about your worries or your problems or your concerns, 
that is not going to help you. You need for a few minutes or longer to step into the shoes of your stakeholders and say, what are they worried about? What does the world look like to them? Um, and reflect that in your communication. I have one supplier, and of course, they will be completely nameless. But when I went for them for a little bit of assistance, he told me all about the problems he was facing and how difficult it was, and therefore how he couldn't do what I wanted him to do. And he was right. He was facing extraordinary challenges and problems. But frankly, it was the wrong communication for me as his yeah. customer. So yeah. despite the pressure and despite the reality of what you are facing, put yourself in the shoes of your customers. I mean, not literally, but almost literally. Step out of your role as the boss and say, what is this apprentice in my business? How are they feeling right now? Think about this customer who relies on my service or my products. What does life look like for them right now? So empathy, and I mean deep empathy for your stakeholders is a critical underpinning of successful communication. Then in your communication, you need to show that you care. You need to say that you care and also, uh, and also prove it. And that means acting. So effective communication is, is about um, communicating and acting. If I just tell you that, that I care about you as a customer, it means nothing unless I can show you that I prove to you that I care for you as a, as a customer. So um, those are some of the initial principles. And I can get you know, deeper into um, some tactics and also kind of understanding uh, what kind of communication is likely to work and what kind of communication isn't. Uh, one of the things that's um, intriguing me at the yeah. moment is where businesses uh, say are manufacturing a product and they cannot physically get their resources of people, raw materials, ingredients yeah. to the place of work mm -hmm. to create that product. So their business has effectively gone on pause. Mm -hmm. um, how you know? Have you come across clients that are, are dealing with that right now, and what some of their what, what some of their responses are to the, not to their stakeholders? So such I think um, I think the first thing to say, Gavin, is transparency honesty. Okay. Everybody in the world knows that we have a monumental problem at the moment. So no one is going to be surprised to hear that you have a problem too. The worst thing that organizations can do at a time like this is to um, make promises or set expectations that they can't keep. So I would be suggesting um, open, transparent, frequent, clear communication with the people who are being affected by that shortage, if at all possible, offering them some form of solution or a partial solution or assistance in whatever way that, again, demonstrates that, look, I'm sorry, I can't give you your usual order of 100 widgets. I'm really sorry, you know, and these are the reasons why this is what I'm doing about it. And this is what I can do to help you at the moment. Yeah. Um, and it is about extraordinary measures. Let's say that your competitor can provide the product. You may even want to recommend your competitor. Now, that's an extraordinary thing to do, but 
I think now is the time where businesses need to show that they're not just about, you know, money. I totally agree. They're about doing the right thing. And that might be the right thing to do. Uh, you know, I've been saying to some of my clients, it's about collaboration over competition. Correct. You should be speaking to your competitor now and saying, how can we help yes. you? We may need some help in this area, but we can help you in that yes. area. And ultimately, so that we can serve a customer yes. or, or a market. Yes. Let's just be genuine human beings. Completely. I think the other thing I want to say about um, stakeholders uh, before I before I miss it is this is also another case where we have to prioritize. So, it, again, it would be lovely to communicate in equal measure with all of our stakeholders, but you won't have enough time or resource to do so. So I would strongly suggest you start with thinking about who are the two stakeholder groups who I'm going to prioritize for communication. And again, I would assess that based on who is most affected by this crisis as it relates to my business. So who is feeling the impact of it most and, and or who is going to have most influence over my fate as a, as a business. So Often, but not always, you might come to the conclusion that your employees and your customers are the two stakeholder groups you should be prioritizing. I'm not saying don't talk to the banks. I'm not saying don't talk to your local council. But what I'm saying is, if it, employees surely have to be one of the two that you have to communicate with. And it's quite likely that customers will be the other one. If it's different for your organization, fine. But just be very clear, these are the two groups that I'm going to devote disproportionate attention to. Great, great, solid advice. Um, And I know that you've got some views around how businesses can look to create an opportunity out of a crisis. And I'd love to spend a few minutes on that. Yeah, one of the things that I have uh, learned over the years in crisis management is that genuinely out of crisis comes opportunity. Um, it's a time when under extraordinary pressure, individuals emerge, teams form, and they can create great things out of enormous adversity. Um, What kinds of things? Well, we will see um, organizations developing new products and services as a result of this crisis. We will see organizations working out better ways of working together, collaboration, use of technology. Uh, We will see great leaders emerge. We'll see individuals within businesses who develop skills and capabilities that they didn't even know lay within them, but come out during this time of, um, of of great crisis. We will see relationships develop in ways that we hadn't thought possible. You know, clients and customers that we help that were previously just customers become genuine partners and, you know, do far more business with us in the future than they ever would have done if this crisis hadn't occurred. So um, you may not necessarily uh, know what those opportunities are going to be. But I would promise your listeners that through this adversity, we will develop opportunities and there will be um, silver linings to the enormous cloud that we are enduring at the moment. That's a really strong and positive message. 
uh, to end on there, uh, Jonathan. Now, I know you're a wealth of experience and a wealth of knowledge around this, um, and you've actually been doing some webinars also. If anybody yeah. wants to sort of delve deeper with the, on this particular topic yeah. around uh, crisis management and planning um, through the coronavirus challenging times, where do they go? How do they find out more? Yeah, so we all we are interested in at the moment, Gavin, is helping businesses in whatever way we possibly can. So I really right. would encourage people to take advantage of the free webinars we're running and the downloads and the advice that is available. Best thing to, to, to do is to go to insigniacrisis.com. Uh, there's all sorts of resources there, but there's also the means of clicking on the uh, get more information and I will get an email, the team will get an email and we'll get back to you. But uh, please do reach out because there is some really practical uh, information and resources available and we would love to make a little difference in helping your business to survive and prosper through this uh, great challenge. And that website again? It's insigniacrisis.com. And if people want to find you on LinkedIn or other social channels, um, how do they do that? So on Twitter, I am at Jonathan Hemus Insignia. No, I'm not. I'm at J Hemus Insignia. Yeah. And on LinkedIn, if you look for Jonathan Hemus, there is only one. Uh, so you will be able to find me on LinkedIn, Jonathan Hemus. That's great, Jonathan. Thank you so much for your time today. And um, that was just gold dust, the, the, the strategies that you were sharing. I will just quickly summarise strategic intent, set that strategic intent um, of where you want to be in the next six to 12 months. What is your main effort and your top priority? Um, what are those prioritisation activities um, that sit underneath each of those main efforts? And um, what are the communication that you need to be doing with your key stakeholders to keep them engaged throughout this. Jonathan, thank you. Thank you, Gavin. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact. <laughs>